It's been a little bit. Yeah. What's an After Dark podcast without a... An unplanned hiatus right in the middle. But yeah. admit... Is We're it back. Com- is it coming home? This podcast is coming home. This podcast is coming home. Did I listen to two separate versions of It's Coming Home on my walk over here? Yes. I'm sure you did. I'm sure I did. You know me. I'm all in on the England hype train. Am I worried that the hype train's getting too big for its own good? Yes. It's all perfectly set up for things to go wrong here. It's I mean, the only it was, English it was, way. It was set up. But it was set up twice for it to go wrong, yeah. so. Set up to go wrong against Columbia. Yeah. And, they and it almost did. On penalties. Should have gone wrong, some would say. And it was set up to go wrong against Sweden, yeah. and it they, was they composed. Took care of business. I know. Yeah. I mean, not even a word. There were some, some good chances for Sweden, but yeah, I'm feeling good about my England boys. And your Belgian boys are into the semifinal. I don't want to call them my Belgian boys. That's they that's have a lot Spurs of players. they have a lot of that's a lot of possession for me because okay. I like a lot of the other players. But yeah, some of them are mine. Yeah. I I like that Belgium. I don't know. I like that Nasser Chadley, like halfway through the tournament, emerges an important player because he is one of my boys. So infuriating. The former Spurs of this World Cup who have contributed in major moments, Federico Fazio. Veteran Chaluka. Veteran Who, if you go, if you Twitter search his name, all of the t- tweets were jokes about how old he was. Someone was like, this mate played in the Premier League like 25 years ago. Like, he played in the first World Cup in 1930. <laughs> he left Tottenham in 2012. It's only been six years. Feels like a lifetime ago. Feels like a lifetime. This is the World Cup After Dark podcast. I am your slightly dejected host, Austin Miller. That is a Mitt Malik, Eurocentric snob he is, who's enjoying <laughs> that a European championship has broken out at our beloved World Cup. Look, I'm not a Euro... I, I was rooting hard for Euro- Uruguay. I like Brazil. You are not a Eurocentric snob. I just need somebody I'm, I'm to Euro, play that yeah, role. I'm Euro-biased. Right. You can say that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for your boys. It's tough. We, you want to start with that? We can start with just that. Just get it out of the way. Yeah. Look... <laughs> Frustrating for Brazil, yeah. no doubt. But, you know, I don't know. Um, it's frustrating in the sense that Brazil were beaten. It's frustrating in that they were probably deservedly beaten on the day. I didn't think Brazil were bad. No, um, they weren't. They, weren't they had one kind of unfortunate goal for the first one, and then on the second one, not having Casemiro in the midfield probably played a big role in that. But Brazil created a lot, and if that Thiago Silva chance goes in first, it's a completely different match. If any of those yeah. chances in the first half go in, you know, if Neymar puts that shot in the top corner, which he very well could have, if Renato Augusto takes a second chance, it's a different match. It's frustrating because a World Cup only comes once in every four years. But I think it's a fair reaction to just kind of shrug the shoulders and say yeah. it didn't happen, even though it could have. Yeah, I don't think there was there's anything wrong with the Brazil program. I don't think there's anything wrong with their manager. I don't think there's anything wrong with the players in the squad. They had a weird day. Weird days yeah. happen. And like you said, there's so many moments where this game could have gone in a different path. Yeah. Obviously, the Thiago Silva one, to me, like... Yeah, that's the that's as big of a chance as you get. I know, and it was weird because it, like I don't know if he just snatched at it. I don't know if it should have gone it, in. It I just don't know. If, it, didn't yeah. ricochet right. It's not that he should have scored it, but it's yeah, he could have. He could have, and most of the times, even if it takes a weird bounce there, the weird yeah. bounce goes in, which is why it was frustrating. I saw a lot of good stuff on the interwebs about Roberto Martinez because to me, he got a lot of the tactics right. But also got a lot of them wrong. What is like, Nasser Chadli and Marilyn Fellaini doing in yeah. a big World Cup so, like, match? Apparently being good. My thing was like, okay, I thought it was really smart to play a 4-3-3 and, you know, move it to a 3-5-2 or whatever in possession. I loved how they use the space on the counter. It looked good. But the, 
It's not like their defense was like fixed. No, no. They got fortunate. Brazil missed some chances. But yeah, they defended well, but in the second half, there clearly was an issue playing that defense. Yeah. They should have subbed off. You know, Fellaini and Witzel were not doing it. Hey, if you can have one big guy with an afro, why not have two? Yeah. And... Look, I, obviously I'm a homer, and Musa Dembele would have helped to sub on. But like, at some point he probably should have. At played. some point he should have played earlier because there was a I, what 20 minute stretch where Brazil literally should have put in like three or four. Yeah. I don't know about actual chances, but just like Brazil, Belgium could not escape. I thought Belgium did a good job of being dangerous on the counter the entire oh, second sure. half and to give Brazil something to think and about. And you knew that they would be, and that's That's where the risk you had to take. Of course. Yeah. You're down and two goals. Miranda did a really good Miranda's job. Miranda's a really good he defender. He totally... Look, Lukaku looked good. Miranda looked good. But Lukaku, okay, he had that one play in the first half that wasn't on Miranda. That was on Marcelo, I think, for yeah. being too far up. Miranda really played well. He's a really good center back who I don't think gets the plaudits that he deserves for being a really good center back. He he's plays 30... with Tiago Silva. He's played at Atletico. Yeah, like... he's, he's 33. He's kind of above it now. Palmeiras had been sniffing around apparently. But nah, he's like he's like three or four years yeah. from away from and, that still. But he's a really good yeah. center back who I thought handled Lukaku fairly well. Look, the big absence for Brazil, and it was the worry coming into this match. We didn't get a chance to do a preview podcast on it, but I would have told you. What scares me for Brazil is they don't have Casemiro, and yeah. he's so important because he gives the attacking players freedom. He gives Marcelo freedom because he covers up for a lot of their deficiencies. Fernandinho is a fine player, but he is no Casemiro, and that's where Brazil got beat for the second goal, and that proved to be a hole too big for them to come back from. Yeah, it was, again, I want to go back to his fluky, because Brazil scores that one goal, it's 1-0. Right. Okay, but if Belgium scores that that one goal, it's weird. It was a fluky own goal, it happens. But the second goal is pretty much what made the game what it was. Yeah. And that was a mistake on Fernandinho. He got turned and run on in the midfield and allowed the Belgium counter to start. Marcelo wasn't tracking back, and De Bruyne, credit to him. It was kind of a snapshot. Good. Stream. Kevin De Bruyne is a really weird player to me. Really? Because I feel like every time he's I so watch good. him play, he's so good, but then also he has like 60-minute stretches where he just can't pick a pass out. And he did that for Belgium at multiple points against Japan in the in the round of 16. It was just like, dude, why are you being so bad? And then he's like really good for five minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne has always been really weird to me. I understand that he is fundamentally a very good player, but he also has moments where he doesn't appear to be very good. Okay, Kevin De Bruyne ran over. Also, I had my no, no, no. This is the tournament Belgium breakout tweet already. Yeah. But when they were going to lose to Japan, let's not lose the fact that they should have been out of this tournament in we the didn't round get to of talk 16. about that. Against that game was bonkers. Because, and they're saved because Jan Vertonghen just decides that he's going to flick a ball back across the goal. And instead of it going harmlessly out of play or instead of it going harmlessly cleared away by a Japan defender, it nestles in at the far post. Look, the World Cup's weird. Also, ah. you know, a great free kick almost goes in there by Kaisuke Honda, and then the corner comes back the other way, and just a perfect counterattack. Also, i just like to say, I saw like 10 tweets like, you know what you shouldn't miss from this goal? Romelu Lukaku's movement. Did, did, did you hear about yeah, Romelu Lukaku's hear, movement off the ball? Did you see that movement on that goal was something you should take notes on if yeah, you want to be a striker? It, it was off the ball. Did you're you not that? you're not original if you thought that was the best part of the goal. Everyone thought that. No <laughs> one no one saw that goal and was like, you know who made that goal? Nasser Chadley. No one thought that. By far the worst part about the World Cup is the echo chamber of takes <laughs> like, here, let me spit off this really good opinion about this off-the-ball run by Romelu Lukaku. Oh, hey, Courtois had that same 
save on AMR, guess what? Save of the turn. I saw like 5,000 yeah. save of the tournaments. There's so many goal of the yeah. tournament tweets. Like, like, look, like, part of getting caught up in the hype and the fun of it is part of it. Like, I yeah. love it. That's why we all watch. Like, the stuff these players are doing is crazy and incredible. But, like, <laughs> you just got to be careful. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. We're, we're it's, kind of dumb in that we care a little too much and, like, we care about people caring. Whatever. Anyways, Belgium game against Japan was crazy. Feel bad for Japan. They, they, Martinez got his tactics wrong that game. Yes. It was terrible. It was, I don't think subbing on Chadley and Fellaini fixed the problem. No, but it somehow, but it somehow led worked. to goals. Yeah, it somehow led to goals. So, whatever. Belgium are in the World yeah. Cup semifinals. Brazil are out. Like, it's frustrating because I know what XG says. Like, Brazil should have won that match. And they probably could have. But, they, they, but you they also have to serve. Did they deserve to win? The yeah, and you don't know. I think it's kind of stupid. I think that's a kind of a stupid argument. They didn't win. That's where it needs to end. But I don't think it's fair to Belgium to simply say, ah, Brazil should have won. Belgium got a lot of things right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They absolutely could have won. But sometimes when you play Brazil, you need it to go the way that it did. And I think that's I think that's hits it exactly. When you play a team like Brazil, you need all like the half chances and right. good luck things to go your way. And it did. And it did. Yeah. So And that's just how it is. I feel bad for Brazil, but I you know too. what? I think they, the good players in their team will be back, and it's not like they're lacking for talent. Their right. talent pool is the best in the world. And so. it, there's a lot of really young players coming up that are going to be very good for Brazil as well. All right, two more things on Brazil before we move on. One, very quickly, my obligatory, where does Brazil go from here? Truth is, you're not going to see pretty much anything change. There's absolutely no manager who could come in and do half the job that Cheech has done. Brazilian managing is horrendous right now outside of him. He's the Brazil manager for the foreseeable future as long as he wants to be. You're not going to see any widespread changes in the squad simply because there's a Copa America in 12 months. It's on oh, Brazilian soil, yeah. and Brazil are the favorites for so, it. And it'd the be, way that it'd they be bad if they didn't win. Yeah, the way that they ran through South American qualification, I think, suggests that Brazil are the team to beat. That doesn't mean they're guaranteed to win, but they should win that but Copa America. But their record at home against other right. South American teams is unassailable. Plus, so yeah. it'd be it'd be a massive disappointment. It would. It would. And so I don't think you're going to see any sort of massive retirements. I think Miranda's still there. I think Chago Silva's still there. This 23 or probably, I would say of this 23-man squad, you'll probably see like 19 to 21 of them at the Copa America next year. You Danny, might see Alves, of, Danny Alves might be a little... Danny Alves might be the only one, and that's a big issue because Brazil doesn't really have, have anybody right to replace him. Fagner, I thought, did fine at this World Cup, but look, he's a limited 29-year-old right back who predominantly plays in the Brazilian down. Like, he can only do so much. Yeah. Uh, but this Brazil team should be favorites to win Copa America, so you're not going to see anything change. Second question for you do we really have to talk about Neymar like he is who he is right I think that I saw a lot of good takes about is like look the flopping is annoying and to me I don't care the things I I'm not gonna lie I don't like it when he rolls too many times yeah sure like look here's here's my thing with Neymar I think it gets lost Neymar very rarely and he does this at points and he actually did this against Belgium he very rarely simulates contact he over exaggerates contact but it is facetious to well, say that Neymar is, doesn't take hits he gets, he absolutely, he gets hit right. more often than everyone else which yes. is why I think it's unfair to call him out because no one else gets hit as much as he does right. I don't like it when he rolls around but like okay that's fine I don't care when he simu- like he has to like the, the, this the, is part of being a, that type of player yeah. is you have to own that role the no match- one needs to roll around, but okay, everyone over. It's that's the thing. I know you think about this yes. too. 
everyone over exaggerates. That's yes. why I don't care when he does it. It's, I care when he rolls. It's fr- it's frustrating to see Neymar get crucified for something in that England Colombia round of sixteen match. You saw teams players on both sides doing that. You saw English players doing that. Harry freaking Maguire decided that he was going to take a dive. Ugh. More on him later. The Henderson but, one. The Henderson like. Yes, there's contact, but Henderson clearly is trying to sell it. That's what Neymar does. Anyway, fine. Whatever. He is who he is. I don't mind Neymar. I actually really like him. Uh, I think he takes a lot of flack that is undeserved. I think he also asks for some of it that is just like, dude, what are you doing? Come on, get up. But against Belgium, he got up and he played and he tried his best and he very nearly got Brazil back in that with a wonder strike that stinking super long Thibaut Courtois. The thing is for Neymar, I I would like him, this is kind of separate from that, but I would like him to play somewhere else from PSG. Okay. I just, I don't know. He's not getting tested in the league there. He, He gets to play like six or seven big games a year. I mean, he can, first of all, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He's really freaking good. Like, yeah, he's super good. I don't know. I would okay. love to see him be playing good competition every week, like he was. All right, moving on from Brazil, Belgium to the other quarterfinal from that day. Yeah, France to Uruguay nil would have really helped if they had Edinson Cavani. Would have also helped if Fernando Muslera did not do yeah. what he did on the second goal. France were better than Uruguay. I thought Uruguay might be able to grind out a result in this match, and they just really weren't able to. I I thought Uruguay's game plan worked about as well as they could. They mucked it up. France did not have any good looks from open play. I really don't think so. They nullified the pace. They made it a long ball game. They made it a set-piece game, and that's what they wanted because they're really good at set-pieces. And you know what? They lost on a set-piece because once that first goal came in, yeah, they played hard. They did their best, but they they weren't really gonna get. Couldn't it. create. They any needed chances. they needed set pieces. That was yeah. how they're gonna get back in. And credit to Rafael Varane, really well worked set piece. Great ball, great diving run, last ditch header. And then you know it needs to be a one goal game in the last 15, 20, 10 minutes for you to throw numbers forward and just put it in the mixer. And it didn't. happen. And that's on your keeper. Yeah. That happens. It was. This was a frustrating game to watch. I really didn't enjoy this. I just didn't. Yeah. I was rooting for Uruguay, and even if I wasn't rooting for France, they didn't play well. They played... They did fine. I should say they didn't play well. Their game plan worked. They yeah. Their defense was never troubled. Yeah. They were in control. I don't know. It was, it was frustrating. I felt so bad. Cavani makes this a much more interesting and it's game. So, and it's so infuriating because Cavani has taken a lot of flack he's for Uruguay. He's so good. But he's so good, and he was so good in this tournament, and you just really wish that they could have taken on France at full speed. And you can just see it. Suarez needs a partner to play with, and there were just so and many it, times. It frees him off. It was like he had an idea, and Christian Stuani's just like, oh, where am I supposed to? Like, it's yeah. just like there just wasn't that partner for him. And Yeah, and, you know, not having the midfield that they never have had in their yeah. recent form hurt them. But... I, you don't. I don't blame them for that. They knew how to play their system very well, yeah, and they it, were. They couldn't do it. Yeah, just and didn't. I don't know. This is a thing that you hear about in other sports. I think a lot in the NBA about injuries. Like, it's luck. A lot of it's luck, and you benefit from that. France. It's not like they they tripped themselves up. So yeah. credit to them. They played better. They did what they had to do. Uruguay kind of robbed of their chance, but. They should be proud. They're, they are proud. They're, yeah, they had a, they've shown themselves in the last few World Cups to be such a formidable side. They're yeah. so tough. And this generation, and I don't know how much more they'll get out of it, but... I, I think they'll yeah. get another Copa America out of it. Yeah. That's what's so interesting about the Copa America 12 months after the World Cup is it's kind of seen as another chance for these guys, and you're not yeah. going to see... And there's a big legacies on the line yeah. for all three of the, the big nations in South yeah, America. 
Well, I don't know. Argentina's disastrous right they're now. They're disastrous, but, but it's a it's sure, a chance for, of course. for it's someone a major, to... Argentina has not lifted a major trophy since 1993, which is yeah. just absurd. Given They the, want to end that, especially on Brazilian soil. I think Uruguay established themselves as probably the consistent second-best South American team at this World Cup, which is saying something because Colombia was a very good side here, mm-hmm. but Uruguay were consistently second-best in qualification. They were the only team outside Brazil that really kind of felt like they were going to qualify for a significant amount of time. Um, so, yeah, yeah. A, a good World Cup that ends in a frustrating manner because they just didn't do it at yeah. first strength. So I think they, they have a lot to think about next sure. year, too. And they'll run, a, run it back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tavares is gone at Uruguay, as was expected, but one of his trusted assistants is expected to take over, so I don't think you're going to see any widespread change there either. So France-Belgium. <laughs> what do you make of it? Oh, man, this is... <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird to me because I, I don't like all. Oh, first of all, I don't like the all Euros in the four. No, nope. like clearly, I like some of these Euro teams a lot. Like you, you've been listening. You know that, but I just want to see something else. These guys all know each other. They've all. I mean, they play against each other in the Champions League a lot. I think Belgium are going to play similar to how they did against Brazil. Maybe a little more adjustment so that they're not as weak defensively, and hopefully a quicker hook for Martinez if they're protecting a lead. But they're going to soak in pressure. They're going to try to deny France the speed on counterattacks, and they're going to try to use their speed. So the question for me is how France stops that counterattack. And if Casemiro is one of the best players in the world at stopping it, France has this guy called N'Golo Conte, who right. I think his matchup versus whoever's in the center of the park for Belgium is the matchup to watch because Belgium's going to frustrate France. They're going to struggle to create chances from open play. If the game opens up, they'll get some, and they're more likely to score than Belgium is in my book, but the best chances in this game come from when Belgium counterattacks, and France needs to stop that, and their center backs are really good. Their outside backs are good, and they have Conte, who is the best defensive midfield in the world. Casemiro's up there. I, I don't know. Whatever. It's not why we're here. So, if Belgium counterattacks in space, they're going to win this game, and if gets it shut down, it's going to be cagey, and France, I think I pipped them to, to win that cagey match. Ugh. Also... KG Something's got to put... Yeah, it's going to be a KG semifinal. And some pressure is going to be put on Jan Vertonghen, makeshift left back, and Thomas Mounier. What's no, Mounier is suspended, I'm pretty oh. sure. Yeah, Mounier okay, is suspended. so whoever plays right back for Belgium is going to have their hands full. Yeah. Also, Vertonghen is the left back, and I thought he's played admirably this tournament because, he, first of all, he's done left back at Belgium for a long time, but Mbappe is going to give him fits. He's kind of quick. Yeah, he's kind of quick, and Vertonghen... Um is not a natural left back. He's not that quick. So, it's really interesting to see how that works out. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a European I mean, I just broke... Like, what is else there to break down? Like, right. I don't know. Pogba's gonna have to out-duel Fellaini and Witzel. Like, if you don't do that, you probably shouldn't be considered a good There's so much familiarity. It's so frustrating. It's yeah. like all these guys play together. It's... I don't know. Again, it is what it is. These teams all deserve to be in the yeah. semifinal. But it just... For whatever reason, my enthusiasm has dipped, and that's just a me thing. That shouldn't be a you thing. Enjoy your World Cup. I'll still watch and enjoy it, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's goals in this game. Yeah, because I don't. I just don't want it to devolve into Belgium sitting deep, and France protecting the counter, and not giving enough forward to make it interesting. And just kind of, that's how that France Germany, uh, the two of their matches were. They met in the quarters of 14, if I'm not mistaken, and they met in a semi at mm-hmm. the Euros. And both of those games were really cagey, really boring, decided by one fluky goal. Yeah. And that's how I see this game going. And I'm not particularly excited to watch. Yeah. All right. On the other side, 
Amit, it's coming home. Is it coming home? Look. It really can't come home, but it just might. Look, England still is not favorites, but because they have the easier draw, if they just have to get there, and then once you get there, you get there. Yeah. And give them credit, they're going to be favored against Croatia, I yeah. think. I'm not, Croatia's not bad. Croatia's yeah. really good, but they're favored. Yeah. And they should take care of business, and they have to feel good that Croatia have played two 120-minute matches. Yeah, and so Croatia looked gassed outside of Luka Modric. Mario Mandzukic, I don't think he was on the pitch for the last hour of that match, but he was. I didn't see him. <laughs> All right, let's talk about England first. 2-0 winners over Sweden, largely comfortable. There's one th- there's a lot that I won't miss about this World Cup. That stupid walkout song FIFA makes them use. But also, Marcus... That, that stupid walkout song? Yeah. That's a... <laughs> That's a really, like, what's the right word? This is one of the biggest songs ever. Look, I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't use it for this. Seven Nation Army, like, you can refer to it by its name. It's a dumb walkout song. I don't like that they use it. I don't like they Uh, use it every time. Also, Marcus Berg missing chances for Sweden. (laughs) He had the... Dude. Dude, I think his XG for the tournament has got to be, like, five. Oh, he could have so had the golden times. boot. <laughs> so many times, Mark, it was like, oh, it falls to Berg. Oh, it was like, oh, of course. Mark, we all knew this Marcus, was going to happen. When Jordan Pickford signs the next contract, <laughs> I think he's obligated to give a million yeah. of it to Berg. Appa- I don't know. <laughs> Apparently playing the UAE doesn't keep you sharp for World Cup level action. Who'd have thunk it for Marcus <laughs> Berg? Um, I thought Sweden would frustrate England more than they did. I also I, I think mean, at, at some point someone has to realize that England's set-piece mastery is literally, eh, just hit it to the far post for Harry Maguire and see what happens. That's their so-called set-piece mastery. It's that, and ah, oh, maybe Harry Kane will get wrestled down so we can kick another penalty in. That's their set-pieces. Look, England has a few big, big bodies. I don't think it, I don't want to call it mastery, but I think it, their strategy is to get set-pieces. And, and it works. And they're good at them. Yes. I don't want to give Southgate too much credit. I think, you know... I think in World Cups and tournaments in particular with international teams, set pieces are more important than they are anywhere sure. else because of your whole limited training time. Anyone's clearly good at them. But yeah, mastery is a strong word. They run like seventh grade basketball plays. Right, yeah. Yeah, I just, saw that somewhere. Yeah, it's just crowd it up and run everybody towards the middle. And, yeah. Well, I guess they forgot about yeah. Harry Kane Look, again. Give credit. The delivery's good. Right. And then you have a tall dude that's going to put the ball in the back of the net. It's like, no, why, did, why didn't anyone say Columbia had set piece mastery? Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, mean is just big, and they hit it to him. Of course it works. That's, there's a reason why he scored how yeah. many he did at the World Cup. Yeah. It's because he's good. Yeah. Uh, Harry Maguire scoring a World Cup goal was not something I needed to happen this summer, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, England was surprisingly, like, yeah, not I, surprisingly, like, it's not surprising that they were good because they are good, but they made this a lot easier they, than I think yeah. most people expected. I think with England's mental blocks that they've dealt with and credit to them for shaking a lot of their ghosts in that shootout with Colombia after they wilted after that last minute goal they really did wilt but they were you know just talking about the Colombia game for a hot second they played better than Colombia and I think it's Colombia's fault Colombia yes. didn't take the game to them right but also a, England didn't play better enough to be far enough because they didn't create hardly anything no they didn't and that game was mucked up by intentionally by Colombia yeah. it worked and but it really did like it, it did didn't work because they didn't cr- Colombia didn't have anything yeah. going forward. It did work, but it shouldn't have worked. And Colombia probably might have been better served to do something else in that match. So England yeah. gets through there. Yeah. And then you kind of expect the same thing to yeah. happen against I thought Sweden. there was going to be that mental block. And I think for them, that first goal was just huge for their psyche. Yeah. And look, they're really well organized. And they have a lot of 
young, fast players that you have to shackle. And because you spend so much of your energy shackling that, it's really hard to score on them. Well, Sweden's, just, I mean, Sweden's Sweden, goal against Switzerland was literally a yeah. tame shot that got deflected in. Like, it's yeah. not like these guys were creating a ton of yeah. knockout and around anyway. Look, they, they had a few chances. They had a yeah, header. They, Berg had some. Pickford made the right saves when he needed to. But England just, it felt comfortable this yeah, whole game. And Deli Ali, my guy, good cross, good goal. It was nice. Um, Sweden, you know. I think they didn't have as much defensive organization as they did in the last round just because it's not that they underestimate England, but they just needed to go forward a bit, yeah. and that leaves some space. Yeah. So credit to England. They took care of business handily, and look, they wanted this draw. Going back to that, I don't think Belgium did the right thing, but you know what? They're here. I, we talked here. about it. The last thing I need from this World Is Cup. a Belgium-England final? Give it to me. The Tottenham off in the final. I might legitimately not even watch if it comes to that. I that would want, be hilarious. I want nothing They have to less. actually play a game after they played a game which they didn't play. Uh, they shouldn't be forced to play the final with the yes, players who played that game. Absolutely, absolutely. You should only be allowed <laughs> yeah. to play the 14 players who featured in that game yeah. in the final. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of your boys, Eric Dyer. Like, dude, what are you there for? <laughs> he's a backup center back. Apparently to make the penalty. Uh, Look, that's he did. what he's there for. No, Eric Dyer is a he's a good player. He's a good player, but he's superfluous in this England squad. Yes. Like they sub on someone else. Sub on Luftit Luftis cheek. Ruben Loftus cheek. Sub on Trent Alexander Arnold. Like I don't know. <laughs> Just on Eric How Dyer. many Tottenham players are left in there's the world? There's nine. Club. More than anyone else. So there's Hugo Lloris, yep. goalie for France. Still waiting on him to make his mistake. I know. It's come I'm, at any I'm, time. I'm so worried that it's going to come against yeah. Belgium. And then Belgium has three guys. They have Alderweireld, might not be there for long, Vertonghen and Dembele, who mysteriously doesn't get played. Also Nasser Chadli, Nasser who I think Chadli. should still count. Yeah, should still count. And then Croatia doesn't have any ton of players, but Modric and Troluka played under Red Knapp for five years. And then Tottenham, it feels like they have more than five. You mean England? You literally <laughs> just called them Tottenham yeah, England, because they literally are. England has five, and it should be six because of Kyle Walker. They have Eric Dyer, Danny Rose, who normally don't start, and then in the starting lineup they have Kieran Trippier, Deli Ali, and my man, my talisman, the scoring garbage goals. <laughs> Harry, Kane, Harry Kane is going to win the Golden Boot, having scored four penalties and two goals over a combined two yards. Yeah. Ugh. Look, I predicted it. Yes, you did. And did I think it was going to be bad goals? Yep. Yep, <laughs> and he did. Look, unless the World Cup gets moved to August, Harry Kane's He's back. good. He's good. Yeah. I don't, then we talk about Croatia, Russia. Russia yeah, a bit. so yeah. Croatia, Russia. Um, Russia surprised us at this. gives them so much credit. Absolutely. And, you know, they were in this match. Extra time of this match was really fun. This match is... In, Russia was really fun for this World Cup. Uh, another thing I'm not going to miss about this World Cup, all of the, ah, but Putin pieces. Like, I get it. Russia has issues. Let's enjoy this for being a footballing spectacle. Let's worry about all the rest of that later. I don't need to see any more think pieces on Russia and how this is. Yes, I get it. This is sporting whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to focus on the 23 they have on the bench. You're allowed to root against nations for political and nationalistic reasons. Because I know lots of people like doing that. And it makes you emotionally invested. If that's what you need sure. to get emotionally invested in a game, root against Russia. But also, how could you root against Juba? I don't know. Yeah. I just also like the thing is the Russian fans aren't bad right. people. Yeah. The Russian players, 
Maybe they're doping. Probably are doping. They were running real hard to get that dude, equalizer an extra time. Look up how many minutes Ignashevich played in this. That dude world. is 38, and he played every minute of the World Cup, including two, and also two like, extra time games. Did not appear to tire at any point. Did, did you see that stone cold man take that penalty? I had no doubt that was going in. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna miss this Russia team. I and am too. They were fun. Against Spain, I didn't. I gave them credit for doing their thing, but I don't think they just like Spain just messed up. Spain didn't attack them for 120 minutes. They played against yep. Croatia. They came at them, and credit to them, two really well worked goals. Yeah. Like, your guy, my guy, Mario Fernandez, the last hope for Brazil, scores the goal to send it to penalties, but, and then does not take a great yeah. penalty. The the best part of this match, what I think you'll agree with me, is the whole Subasic sub controversy. Yes. Oh, Subasic. I wanted a position player. It looks like he blows out his hamstring at the end of regulation. Like, all right, he's got to get to extra time so they can bring on the fourth sub. And they bring and on Vedran like, Troluka. They're like, no, 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 get Troluka on there because our other guy. Croatia had like four people dead at the end Man, of this Zukic match. Man, Zukic was dead. Yeah, Cro- yeah. I, that's what worries me for this semifinal is three days of recovery for Croatia. They're they not, they're not as fit as England. 240 minutes in their legs from these knockout rounds. That's going to be tough yeah. for them to deal with. And the thing is, they thrive on a pressing system, which yeah. is, I think, partially why they're tired. And look, it works for them, but England is a team that's going to inherently be problematic for the way Croatia plays. Uh, the penalties in Russia-Croatia were not they great. Were, they were bad. They were not they were great. Bad. Starting off with Fyodor Smolov. Oh, dude. That oh, was dude. so... I could have taken... I, I, yeah, you could have. Like, I'm, I'm not saying my penalty would have surely gone in, but I would have at least tried to do a little something different than that. Would have hit it harder. Yeah. I probably would have missed the target, but I would have hit, hit it harder. harder. Yeah, I would have hit it harder. <laughs> and then Mario Fernandez was like... Like, it was close. He's a, he's a right back, and you know that it got to the situation where, like, Ignashevich is the only dude with his hand up because he's just not human. He's a and so Chochesov is just like, I have to find four penalty takers, yeah. and Mario Fernandez is like, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, that felt like that situation to me. And he yeah. just missed the target, which I, was unfortunate. Yeah, he hit it hard. He aimed for the corner. Yeah. You miss if you play that game. And yeah. I have had one save in him. He made it, and Russia missed it twice. Yeah, that's not what happens. the shootout. Subasic... For some reason, is good at these penalties. I would be very worried if I was England to yeah. go to this penalty shootout. Yeah, but also to get to penalties, Croatia would have be to play bad. Another one hundred yeah. and twenty minutes. I, think, I don't know if they can. And England has the legs. England has yeah. the legs to do it. I think this is a game set up really well for England. I think Croatia's midfield is the one spot where they have a market advantage. Yeah. Because England plays Lingard and Ali and Henderson, which is really one quasi-defensive midfielder in Henderson, who's not even that fast, against Rakitic and Modric. Perisic. And Perisic. Maybe. And, Rebi- and Rebic. Yeah. Like, Rebic has been really good. He's been so good. Cup. And he was. I saw a good tweet, I think, from your guy, James Rowe. Um, he was bought for, like, $2 million by yeah. a German side before before this World Cup. They could sell him for €40 yeah. million. Euros. He's been very good. Yeah. Uh, Mandzukic, like, this is a really good Croatia team. Do you trust Dejan Lovren? And who's no. their other center back? I want to say Ragnar Klavan, but that's a little No, 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 no. He's like Slovenian or Slovakian or uh, yeah, one of those um, slow countries. I'll let you look that up. You'd think I'd know this, but I don't know the European teams at the World Cup. I don't pretend to know them. A uh, little bit worse. Vida. Dude, Vida. <laughs> I wanted that goal to be Trolucas just for the Tottenham memes, but... Uh, the dude exudes confidence. Yeah, that dude's, that dude's hair is a little weird. Yep. 
I don't like it. But also to have that hair, you have to be a confident man, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. I, shirt. Clearly wanted that shirt off. Yeah. Um, uh, no, those are uh, Strinich? Strinich. Vida, Lovren, and Versalco. Versalco plays on the um, wide. Yeah, Strinich. so it's, it's anyway, Strinich. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. That's a worry for me. I don't know if Croatia are going to be able to deal with England's set pieces. Yeah. Hit, they're probably going to hit it to Harry Maguire at the far post, and then yeah. he's going to head it back across. Yeah. And then Harry Kane's going to stand there two yards from goal. Oh, it's wide open. High score. Golden yeah. boot's mine. I think the midfield is the spot to watch because Croatia has the better ball players, yep. but they press, and they're not as good defensively to stop you know, the speed in England's midfielders in... Let's also be yeah. very clear. England has now played one, two, three, four, five matches at this World Cup, and I still don't feel like their defense has gotten a test. No, it hasn't. And it's and going to with it's Croatia. It's going to because Mandzukic is intelligent. He'll give you 60 really good minutes, and Perisic is good, and those midfielders are good. And also England on the ball every time just makes you a little bit queasy. Kyle Walker shouldn't pass the ball. Kieran Trippier, <laughs> I've always been worried about him. Look, left back Ashley Young, I thought, has been fine. But asking him to defend, too, if Croatia could pin England back a bit, I think they could have some success. For me, it's just the 90 minutes seems like a tall task for Croatia yeah. to keep their intensity. It's interesting because England has faced a lot of pressure at this World Cup, but I don't know if they've actually faced that much pressure on the pitch. No, they played two has easy a, games. Right. A team Tunisia sat back, probably could have gotten a point, didn't. And Panama's Panama. And then Belgium, England was the farce fest where nobody wanted yeah, to win. So that, they you played throw a, that out. They played a Colombia team that didn't try to attack them. And, and against missing, and missing its best player. Right. And against Sweden. Sweden didn't try to attack them. Croatia will probably be the first team that England has faced yeah. that legitimately wants to have a true go with them. Yeah. And the How thing will is, England respond? Kyle Walker, not a natural center back. Mandzukic wants to get crosses there if he's marking up against him. John Stones, kind of frail. Maguire... You know, he's physically imposing. We talked all about set pieces, but there's a reason why the dude has been mucking it up at Leicester for a long time. Like, he's like he's not that good. Right. <laughs> I don't know. This England defense is worrisome. There's, there's ways for Croatia to put a lot of pressure on England. England's a little better, but, you know, they're going to have to pass another test. Yeah. Yeah. Pass tests all of this World Cup. All right. Prediction time for the semifinals. France-Belgium, what happens? I'm going back to that cagey game, which I don't want to see. I'm going France 1, Belgium 0. I just think they're going to they're no, the number one concern for Deschamps at the expense of his own team's attack and talent is going to be defending that counter. So it's going to be terrible to watch. It's going to be 1-0 France, I think. And then England versus Croatia. I've got England 2-1 in 90. I will take Belgium 2-0 over France. The Francing occurs. And I will reluctantly take England 2-0 yeah. over Croatia, and, and I will end myself. with. <laughs> I'm most... rooting for Belgium and rooting for England. I'm rooting for <laughs> France and rooting for Croatia yeah. wholeheartedly. But it's probably coming home, so what could I do? I thought about this. Look, I've been rooting for England's whole World Cup, and then I thought about if England actually wins, their fans are going to be the worst. It's gonna be I'm going to regret every minute I root for them. It's going to be so insufferable. Yeah. Look, I'm rooting for you now, England. But it's because I expect the heartbreak to come and then have to deal with you. Let's later. also just take a moment before we finish this podcast to pour one out for what could have been for England. Had Sam Allardyce not gotten himself caught in that sting, had those lousy journalists not tried to catch him in that sting, we're at a World Cup where England lose to Tunisia, bounce back in a gritty match against Panama, 
lose to Belgium and then lose in the round of 16 on penalties and all's right with the world. But no, England had to get good and bring in this Gareth Southgate guy. Wayne Rooney should be at this World Cup. Wayne Rooney doesn't Allardyce need to be in Washington, D.C. right now. Allardyce would have brought him. Yeah, and he would have played him every minute of every match. <laughs> Look, it was on England to give Southgate this job. Yeah. There's so many guys. They, Alan Pardew! They, they gave Roy Hodgson charge of the national team. All you had to do was watch one West Brom game at any time and point in time, and you would have realized that that was a bad idea. The England FA likes doing this. They should have hired Allardyce. They should have hired Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew's so bad. He deserves dude. a chance. He's so bad. He goes to these mid-small bad clubs in the Premier League, and they just do absolutely nothing of consequence. Why did West Brom think that Al- they hired it? Alan yeah. Pardew was their dude this year, right? Yeah. Why? Because he led Crystal Palace to mediocrity and led Newcastle to mediocrity, and all West Brom wanted was mediocrity. Paul Lambert. He was available. Yeah, he's... Mark the, Hughes was available. Mark Hughes is too... He could have also kept using his red and white striped ties. <laughs> have, you, we, have we spoken about that theory on this podcast? Literally the only reason Mark Hughes took the Southampton job was so that he didn't have to get new red and white striped ties from his days at Stoke City. That's the only reason he wanted it. Should have kept the England job. Yeah. Should have kept it. Should have taken it. Should have taken it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what team he could go to next. Red and white. I mean, he's still at Southampton, isn't he? Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I think he's leaving. Them. They're they're fine. Really Look, anytime you have Dusan Tadic who could cross balls into Graziano Pelle, you got to do it. Yeah, got to do it. Um, all right, is that is that it? Yeah, we'll be we'll be back. What are the Wednesday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be back at some point. Yeah, we'll either be after. It's probably going to be you solo because I'm just going to protest the England Belgium final. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I'll just, just, it's I'll just be right. singing when the Spurs go marching in the entire podcast. Look, here's my thing, and this is how I'm going to close this podcast. My issue with this World Cup is it's just turned into another stupid UEFA Champions League, and I get enough of that during the year, and I don't even have the glory of Ronaldo poking three past Maribor to extend his Champions League record. I don't need any more Champions League quarterfinals. I wanted some fun. Instead, I got this. Come on, Croatia. Wear your red and white jerseys and do me proud. England's going to wear white and Croatia's going to have to wear I know, that. they've had to wear that stupid black jersey the whole yeah. darn tournament because yeah, they keep playing fun. teams that are red. All right, that's it for us. Follow us on social media for all the latest. I'm now officially a Tour de France account, so don't come looking for any football If you me. want tweets about Tottenham players and former Tottenham players, that's all I got Yeah, for that's, you. that's literally all you have. But apparently you've been in the market and had <laughs> a good World Cup. <laughs> it's been a great World Cup for Tottenham. That's all you can look for. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. This has been the World Cup After Dark. Have a good time and thanks for listening.